Um, lo and behold, the first result when I search in my model number is my watch. <laughs> the, the first result? Within like 20 minutes after my mediator logged on, so about 10 a.m. in America, mm-hmm. they banned his account. Like, <laughs> I... The response was, you, sir, are full of sh- Johnson, former United States Most Wanted Criminal, now good guy, and host of Criminal Thoughts. In today's world, criminals come in all shapes and sizes, but they all have one thing in common. They all have criminal thoughts. On today's episode, we're talking about fraud during the holiday season, and I've got an anonymous guest coming on that's going to share his story with us and how it might pertain to you. And as you can see, I'm dressed for the holiday season. Hotty ho, hotty ho. I've got my Clark Griswold jersey on. I've got the Randy Quaid hat on. I'm feeling festive. Festive for fraud on today's episode of Criminal Thoughts. Now, before we get started with that, let's check in with my producer, Brian, to see what he's got for us. Thanks, Brett. This first story this week is coming from your neck of the woods again. Two officers, five civilians arrested at Georgia State Prisons for possession of contraband. The Georgia Department of Corrections announced their ongoing battle against contraband inside and outside of state prisons has led to multiple arrests in the month of November. Items such as drones, tobacco, marijuana, guns, and cell phones were found being smuggled by the officers and civilians. All right, so contraband in prison. As my viewers may know, I have served significant prison time. Not as much as some guys, but more than a lot of guys. Um, Contraband in prison. I'm glad that this article pointed out that guards smuggle a lot of the contraband in. I would say that guards are responsible for well over 85% of the contraband that comes in there. To give you an idea of how much some of these things go, and I'm talking about in federal prison. A cell phone, that $40 cell phone that you pick up at Walmart, that prepaid one that's $40 at Walmart, that's $1,000 behind the fence. A carton of cigarettes, a carton of cigarettes, $1,000. $1,000. If you take a a chapstick lid and you fill that with marijuana, that's $25. A single cigarette is $8. That's the prices of contraband in prison. So if you're a guard and you're not paid a lot of money, you can make a lot of money by bringing in illegal things for the prisoners that are there. It is not surprising that that happens. Uh, My advice on how to curtail that and mitigate that problem is, hey, pay and train the prison guards a little bit more because they're obviously not being paid enough. They They really don't make much money at all. That being said, you know, hey, the people who are caught... Put them in prison. Give them a taste of what life is like behind the fence. Maybe they'll choose to do the right thing at the end of the day. Brian, 
Okay, Brett, we're going to Florida again, where Florida man, infamous Florida man, involved in a $1 million tax fraud scheme has been sentenced to two years in prison. Rafael Ramos of Orlando pleaded guilty to aiding and assisting in the preparation of false tax returns. According to court documents, Ramos recruited clients and prepared tax returns on their behalf that claimed financial institutions had withheld large amounts of taxes from their incomes, entitling them to refunds from the IRS. When the IRS tried to collect fraudulently issued refunds, Ramos instructed his clients to move their funds out of the bank to avoid IRS levies. Back to you, Brett. Well, here we go. Tax fraud. And and again, for anyone who knows my history, you know that I'm the guy that the reason your all's tax returns are delayed every single year is this funnily dressed guy in front of you right now. I'm the guy that created that tax return identity theft. The reason that fraudsters look at the government sector for fraud is because it's easy, because the government typically doesn't put the right security in place. The people who are in charge, they figure it's not their money. They don't really care about it. So they're not really worried about the fraud that's coming in. That's the truth of the matter. Uh, When I was doing tax fraud, I would uh, file. I got to where I was able to file manually one tax return every six minutes. I would typically file 180 of these things a week and then take a road trip for two two of those days of the week and cash out, pull money out of ATMs. Um, this guy is really no different than what I was doing. Um, he was doing it. He was helping. He was assisting people in committing fraud. We see that in the government sector, whether it be the IRS, whether it be SNAP benefits, whether it be FEMA or stimulus fraud or Medicaid, Medicare fraud, what have you. And, and it's it's a huge issue because these days, most fraudsters online look at the government sector first as a place to profit from. And it's it's going to continue to get worse. And at the end of the day, the people who pay for that, it's not Congress, it's not government that pays for that. It's people like you and me. On today's episode of Criminal Thoughts, we've got an anonymous Reddit user coming to visit us and he's going to talk about the type of fraud that he got hit with. His screen name is 4K1 over on Reddit. Now, before we bring him in, I want to talk about some of the types of fraud, one specific type of fraud that takes place not only during Christmas season, but throughout the entire year. And that fraud is called refunding fraud. Back in 2013, on the dark web, this criminal marketplace called Evolution Market, we started to see individuals coming in and they were saying, they were posting that they were making $10,000 a month doing Amazon refunds. And the collective group on the marketplace, the response was, you sir, are full of shit. Well, it turns out they were not full of shit. They were making $10,000 plus per month doing Amazon refunds. And the way it worked back then, you would sign up for a prime free trial. You would use your card, your name, your address. You would order something like a MacBook Pro. Amazon would ship it to you. It would arrive two days later. They'd leave it on your doorstep. You'd get on the phone. You'd call Amazon. Hey, I didn't get it. Amazon would send you another one. It would arrive two days later. You'd get on the phone, get Amazon on. Hey, I didn't get that one either. And Amazon would then give you a refund. So you would end up with two laptops and your money back. It wasn't just laptops. It was cell phones. It was 70-inch televisions. It was living room couches. It was everything across the board. That is where 
refunding fraud began. Now, that type of fraud actually redefines cybercrime as we know it today because what used to happen for aspiring cybercriminals, some newbie that just read some article someplace and he wanted to make a lot of money, he would come on the dark web. He would get stolen credit card details and he would try to defraud, you know, Apple or Sony or Microsoft for laptops and he would fail miserably because that requires a degree of skill. That's not the way it works anymore. Today, what happens is these fraudsters come and start immediately with refunding fraud and they immediately start to profit. And as they profit, as they're actually making money, they learn how to commit other types of fraud as well. Now, I wanted to preface that and explain this before 4K1, the Reddit user, comes in and tells us his story. So I, I'm an avid Reddit reader. I read it all the time. I'm subscribed to many different subreddits. Some of them even talk about me and hate me. Some of them like me even. That being said, um, I'm a watch guy too. I, I, I have over 20 watches myself. I love the things. I think they're great um, works of art, great timepieces. I'm more of a tool type watch guy myself. So divers watches, things like that. I was perusing the watches subreddit and the user 4k1 posted his story about how this individual tried to defraud him so at this point i'm going to bring user 4k1 from reddit over and he's going to share his story with us 4k1 how are you today I'm doing all right. Hey, first of all, I want to thank you. And, and truly, I mean this. Thank you so much for agreeing to come on the show. Um, I really do appreciate it. And, and, you know, I read your story and I, it was a, it was it was really bothering to me, not only what you went through, but also what the, the website Chrono24 attempted to do. Uh, and I use Chrono24. So if you could just walk through what happened, I would really appreciate that. Firstly, it's uh, it's my pleasure, and thank you for having me. Uh, you know, I, I think this is an important story to be told because Chrono24, uh, everyone seems to think it's a bulletproof, safe platform. Uh, you know, I did too. I've transacted on it multiple times. Right. Uh, but to get to the story, essentially what happened is I listed a watch, a pretty high high dollar value watch on Chrono24 in uh, in February. And I made it very clear that for those that are, that are into watches, this was a bracelet watch. So the links are short on it. You know, sure. it, it wasn't fully linked. And I made that very clear. Uh, the watch sat on the marketplace for a couple months uh, until it eventually sold in June. And before purchasing the watch, the buyer asked a bunch of questions. How, like, you know, does the bracelet fit? You know, how do I get more links? This and that answered everything to his, uh, you know, to his satisfaction. Uh, and then he deposited the money in escrow. Chrono24 works via a secure escrow platform. So he did a full, uh, full deposit of the entire value of the watch onto, uh, into escrow, which triggers an email for me as the seller to ship out the watch. Sure. So I packaged it up. I overnighted it. He gets it. And, uh, the way the escrow works is the buyer has seven days to make a contest to the escrow. So if I were to ship him a rock, for example, or a non-running watch, he would have time to go against it. Um, uh, usually, you know, people uh, in my previous experiences selling there, they release it immediately. But right. I noticed I shipped the watch to him. It arrived. A day went by, no release. Another day went by, no release. 
Third day went by nothing. And then Monday, first thing, uh, I get an email first thing in the morning saying uh, the user has disputed uh, your sale. And now here's me wondering there, what could possibly be wrong with the watch? You know, I, I took lots of good photos. I was very uh, meticulous in my description. So I, you know, and I read his uh, his refund request where what he was said, the request? How, what did he say? That's what really got to me. It was very generic. You know, it said something along the lines of, um, hello, uh, the item is not as pictured and uh, please let me know how to return it. And now I'm starting to think if you're going to uh, so if you're going to buy a twenty thousand dollar watch off of a website, you don't be like you don't say, oh, the item. Right. Like you would have something more specific to say. So at the beginning, that was my first red flag. Um, the website had urged me, uh, why don't you deal with him and you come to a resolution, which again, right. I also didn't like, like it's your marketplace. Why is it between me and someone you connected me to? So I reached out to him and I said, Hey, uh, what's wrong basically? Uh, because another thing important to mention is, uh, as a private seller, I'm not obligated to take returns on current right. 24, uh, dealers are, but private sellers, no. So I reached out to him and I said, Hey, uh, what's wrong with the watch? And he repeats the same thing. It, item doesn't look as pictured and it doesn't have enough links on the bracelet. Um, now imagine my surprise hearing that when I had a full conversation with him about that a few days prior. So I sent all the screenshots over to Chrono24 and they did actually rule in my favor. They called me back and they said, hey, you're good. Um, you know, the guy is not within his rights. He said, it's kind of, they said, it's kind of clear. He's either just had, um, you know, buyer's remorse or he's acting in bad faith, but right. we're not going to let him uh, uh, return the watch to you. Uh, we're going to reopen the escrow. And now he, it's the same deal again. He has two weeks to, to accept it. Uh, and if he doesn't in two weeks, I'll get an automatic deposit. So I asked them very clearly, I remember, so I'm good, right? I'm going to get paid out. They said, yeah, it's, it might take up to two weeks, but you're going to get paid out. And that's where everything went crazy from there onwards. Um, so I waited a few days, nothing, no, no email, no correspondence. And then I suddenly get an email back from Corona 24 saying, um, and I got excited. I see, oh, email from Corona 24. Nice. I'm getting paid. Right. Um, and I log it and it's, oh, the user has filed a credit card chargeback. Uh, Which, how can you do that with an escrow? Right. Does that not right. defeat the purpose of an escrow? Right. I mean, uh, if you were buying a house uh, where you use escrow, you'd think the realtor would let you put uh, the money for that on, on a credit card? No, that's the whole purpose of escrow. So I wrote back to them and I was livid. I was like, what do you mean? Like, I, I isn't the whole purpose of this to be secure? And they're like, yeah, but, you know, he did it via credit card and created a chargeback. And at this point, uh, they were basically just like, yeah, uh, we have to freeze the escrow account. Um, and I said, how long? And they said indefinite until we hear back from the uh, purchaser's credit card company, uh, the escrow account will remain frozen basically until an action is ruled upon by oh, the, wow. by the credit card provider. Um, so I asked, I was, I said, how long does this take on average? And she said, usually we wrap these up in 30 to 45 days, right. which again, it's really frustrating. It's a lot of money. I'm not a dealer. You know, I'm just a guy who likes watches. I sure. buy and sell. So for me, this was a huge amount of money. Um, for most people, I would think $20,000 is a lot of money. So I was, I, I told them, I said, look, I appreciate it, but I have bills to pay. Like I sold the watch for a reason, you know, right. I don't. So they were like, yeah, sorry, we can't help. It's going to take 30 to 45 days. We, uh, all we can do is, um, send our, uh, chat logs and our evidence to them. And it's just up to them to deal with it. 
which led to just weeks upon weeks upon weeks of me reaching out. Hey, uh, what's the update? Uh, sorry, we haven't heard anything. Hey, so what's it went the update? past the 30 to 45 days. Yeah, just about after we hit, I, I don't remember the date exactly, but just about like the 30 to 45 day mark, somewhere in that range, it, it had now come to about August of okay. 2023. And I reached out to them. I should, oh, I should backtrack a little and mention, mm -hmm. they told me, they said, even if they lose the Amex dispute, they will pay me out. <laughs> uh, they told me that at the beginning, Corona 24 said, hey, not to worry. I know it's a long wait. It might take some time, but one way or another, you're going to get paid. Right. So now we circle back to 30 to 45 days post post dispute. And um, I just sent them an email because I was frustrated at this point. I said, look, you had agreed to pay me out one way or another. This ultimately is between you and the credit card processor. So pay me out and, right. and you deal with the situation. Um, they said, yeah, yeah, we'll get back to you. Um, because $20,000 to them is a lot of money too. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I told them like, and I, I made that clear. I said, look, even if this was a two, $300 purchase, it would be bad. But $20,000, like that's life-changing money for some people. For me, I, I needed the money. Right. So I, I told them, I said, this is, this is a big part of like my finances, you know, I need this sorted. Uh, and eventually, uh, so they said, yeah, we'll get back to you. I get a call, um, a little later. I think it was a few days after that. And, um, at this point, I have their number saved on my phone. <laughs> so I, I see ringing Corona 24 support and I, <laughs> I answer it and I'm, I'm excited. I'm like, oh, maybe like, you know, we've reached a resolution. It's been, you know, it's now mid-August. Uh, this thing happened late June. Right. Uh, so they answer and I immediately hear it in her voice. My mediator, she said, look, I pushed this up the chain to my supervisor. Uh, we're no longer able to have your back in case that uh, this, in case we lose the dispute. Oh, wow. And my jaw hit the floor. I said, what do you mean? I mean, you had told me, and this was my my mistake. I should have written it down, uh, but I or I should have asked for a written confirmation. But right. I will say to their credit, she did admit it. She said, I did say that. I know I said that. But um, after pushing it up to my boss, legally, this cons constitutes friendly fraud, not uh, wire fraud. And in my mind, um, you know, I was like, that doesn't sound very friendly to me. I mean, right. the guy has my watch. Um, and if you've ever done a chargeback on Amex before, I've done it. Like, you know, uh, they, Amex pays you up front and right. then you they, they decide to take it back or not. You know, I got scammed once on a taxi ride and I did it. And, you know, I got the full statement back. So at this point, the guy has $20,000. The guy has my watch and right. I have neither, you know, so I, I told them that this doesn't sound like something friendly to me. No, and, she and, was like, and just just for the viewers, I want you to continue on. But just for the viewers, sure. friendly fraud uh, is also called third party fraud. That's the better name for it. But but friendly fraud is basically traditionally it's been when you've got an existing legitimate customer that comes to your website. So Walmart, Sam's Club, Amazon, what have you. It's somebody who, who's actually a legitimate customer that comes there. And for some reason, they decide that they're going to try to benefit as at the harm of the company. So they'll get that item in, they'll say, hey, it was messed up, it was torn up, it, it wasn't in the box, what have you. And that's that instance of friendly fraud at that point, all right? So what, what Chrono24 was saying is, is they're saying, hey, this is not some sort of scheme. It's nothing that's organized. It's some user that's just trying to profit. And because of that, we are not going to get your back. You are going to potentially lose that $20,000. So I just wanted to explain that for the users that are out there, or the viewers, rather. Um, 
at, at which point I, I asked them, I said, okay, so what's, what's the deal? What's going to happen? Um, my mediator, she told me, she said, uh, we could do one of two things. We can carry on carrying on, um, you know, with this case, or we could request your watch back from the user. Right. And that's when I lost it. I mean, um, you, you're a watch guy yourself. You know, this. certain watches, they take a long time to sell. Right. You know, certain watches, not every watch is a hype piece. Not every watch is, you know, a, a Rolex Daytona. Not right. every watch is. And, you know, this watch, it was an AP Royal Oak, but it was a specific version of it. That's a bit, you know, it, you have to really love it to love it. And okay. I did, you know, so so I, I explained to them, I said, OK, if I if I were to get the watch back, there's two things here. It's been two months since I've this has happened. I don't know what the condition of the watch is. The guy could have replaced parts on it. He could have uh, sent me back a fake watch. I. That's one thing. Secondly, remember I listed the watch in February and I didn't get a buyer until June. Right. So do I want to spend another half of a year trying to sell this? Um, not to mention uh, if, if people who follow the watch market, it's been on a downturn lately. It you has. Know, Those it, Rolexes are going down. It's bringing everyone else down too. Exactly. So I have said, what about the depreciated value? I mean, I sold it for a certain amount on your platform. I should get that amount, you know, because it was a handshake. It was a done deal. Right. They, they basically said, no, we'll either get you the watch back or the money. One of the two. And I said, look, humor me for a second. What if you guys lose the dispute and you can't have him return me the watch? What happens at that point? Uh, there was a bit of a silence. And then bluntly, she just said, then, um, you know, you would have to seek legal action against this user on your own. And I had no words at this point. I said, so I'll be out my watch. I'll be out my money. And then I'll be out, you know, a five digit sum and getting a lawyer to sue this person. And you're not uh, going to get the watch back anyway. Yeah, I'm not going to get the watch back. And you know how it works with a lawsuit. You wouldn't even right. get paid for, for forever. Uh, if you even do, I mean, the person could just say he has no assets. And then right. what do you do at that point? You know, so I, you know, I was really frustrated. And in, in my mediator's defense, I could hear that, like, she was also frustrated. Like, um, I feel like, you know, uh, it took her by left field that she had to tell me this news as well. Uh, but she was like, look, I'm, I'm really sorry. Uh, what do you want to do? And I said, well, I'm not taking it back. We're going to keep on fighting this case. Right. Um, so at that point, I hung up off the phone and I let it sit for a few days. Uh, what happened next was truly a blessing in disguise for me. Um, I one day, like about a week later, I, if I remember correctly, about a few days to a week later, I decide, why don't I go on Corona 24 and I look up my reference number? Uh, I want to make sure that like the value is not depreciated that much. If it has, sure. then I can make a stronger case to them. Like, hey, I sold it for this amount in June. Now it's worth 7000 less. So right. that was my idea. Um, lo and behold, the first result when I search in my model number is my watch. <laughs> the, the first result. The first result, yeah. And <laughs> how did you know it was your watch? The guy didn't even bother changing the photos. Like they, they were my photos, watermark and all, picture number and all at the bottom. You know, it says one of four, two of four, three of four. Um, and I could see my desk in the background. I could see my like, uh, you know, my office chair. Like it was, oh, they dude. were my, my photos. And uh, for those who don't know, Corona 24 also requires you to upload uh, two photos of the watch at a certain time. Right. you know, for, to verify you own it. So the first four photos were my photos and the last two were just like really crappy photos he took <laughs> in his bathroom or something with him, with the time set. Um, so I, at this point, I scrolled down to make sure it was the same guy. And lo and behold, the location, you know, the purchase location uh, was the same. Uh, 
So it was, was the username the same or had eight change usernames? So, so Corner24 doesn't show you the username or okay. user feedback as a buyer, okay. uh, but it tells you the location and the town and state uh, were exactly the same. And there, there's, you know, I shipped the watch to the guy. I know his shipping address, you right. know, so so like it, it matched. Um, so it was four in the morning at this point, And I called Corona 24, like livid, uh, their main office is in Germany. So someone did answer because it was okay. 10 AM there. And I told them like, how could you miss this? This is your whole job is, is to, uh, like, wouldn't you think that if, if a user, they admitted to me that the guy's acting in bad faith, they admitted that he's committing fraud. So wouldn't you, I don't know, monitor his account, right? Wouldn't you keep tabs on what he's doing? Um, and they were like, oh, we're so sorry. You know, they were like, oh, we don't have an image matching algorithm yet. I said, forget about that. All you have to do is monitor his account or ban yeah. him. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so then, and, and, and just, 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 I want you to continue again. You're absolutely right. I mean, this, this, okay. We don't have image matching. Okay. You may not. First of all, I don't believe that. All right. Mm -hmm. But I know they've got device matching. I know they're able to compare IPs. I know they're able to look at shipping locations and, and addresses and things like that. Right. And, and let's be clear. Where are you going to sell that watch? You're going to sell it one of two places. It's going to go up on my watch mart or chrono 24. If you want mm -hmm. that dollar amount, it's going on chrono 24. Mm -hmm. That's where it's going. So right. this is ridiculous. And, and for them to admit that they knew that the user was committing fraud against you and then say, hey, tough, which is basically what they said. That's crazy. Right. They were um, and to to when I brought it up, when I said that, like, this is ridiculous. Like, why am I doing your job for you? I thought you were supposed to have my back. You know, I not me have your back. Right. right? Um, and they told me, so sorry, it slipped through the cracks. We didn't realize. And within within like 20 minutes after my mediator logged on, so about 10 a.m. in America, mm -hmm. they banned his account. Like <laughs> I, I had the listing saved and everything, of course. I took all the screenshots. I still have them. Right. Um, and then I saw like, you know, because it was under my saved watches. I went there and it says this listing is no longer available. Okay. So then my mediator calls me and she says, hey, um, we're really, really sorry about that. This is I'm really sorry. Like we should have caught that uh, this and that. And then essentially they were like, uh, you know, the one thing we could tell you is that this will look very good for our case against Amex, our case uh, regarding this purchase, because if the watch has been disputed because something's wrong with it, then how is he selling it on the same platform? Right, right. Because clearly now there's nothing wrong with it that you're selling it. So, um, you know, that, that was the nail in the coffin. The sad part is if I hadn't found that I might've still not been paid for the watch. You wouldn't have been paid. Let, let's, right. let's be clear. What happened was is chrono 24. They knew that they were going to lose that chargeback, and they were. They were. So they gave they just decided to cut their losses, screw you over. And then they stopped looking at the case altogether. And and honestly, dude, I mean, you were you were fortunate, lucky. I mean, fortune favors the bold, whatever you want to say. But for you to just decide to take a look is really the only thing that saved you at that point in time. Right. Um, you know, about 10 days after that, I got an email saying that Amex did resolve in my favor because they submitted that evidence to Amex. And at that point, like Amex is known to favor the customer. Right. But like they are fair, you know, like at the end of the day, they can see when something is fraud. Right. Uh, if th I later on found out come like a few weeks after this got closed or maybe 10 days again, I'm not quite sure. But I checked on eBay 
and I saw he had also listed my watch on eBay. And get this, I've never in my life seen somebody with 0% positive feedback. I have. <laughs> really? Oh yeah. <laughs> he, he had 11 transactions and still an average of 0% positive yeah. feedback. Right. Um, you know, and there was like a review, he sold an iPhone or something to someone that was fake, you know? Oh, yeah. So <laughs> clearly he was trying to go up a tax bracket when, when with his fraud. But yeah, clearly, clearly. Um, it, the problem that he didn't account for is when people are defrauded for a hundred, two hundred dollars people are upset, don't get me wrong. I mean, it's happened to me, but this is someone's livelihood. When you're dealing with a five figure amount, you're dealing with someone's, a big chunk of someone's uh, someone's assets. You are, you so, are. It's, it's like uh, you know that what you said there reminds me of uh, what Hans Gruber says on uh, on Die Hard, Christmas movie. But uh, uh, you <laughs> know, he says Christmas you know movie. if you steal four hundred dollars, no one comes to look at you. If you steal four billion or four hundred million, everyone comes to find you at that point. Right. You know, it, it, there's a big difference in that, a, a huge difference. And you know, I read your story. And as I was reading it, I was like, Jesus, I mean, and it's this, it's this refund fraud. And, and I want to walk through some of that with you so that, you know, mm -hmm. the different viewers can can understand how this operates. I'm going to show some Telegram stuff as we go along as well. So what happens is, is the way that fraud started back in 2013 is you would claim that the package never arrived. And that that still works to a degree. It was so successful back then that today when Amazon delivers a package or even when UPS delivers delivers a package, a lot of the time they take a snapshot, a picture, a photo of the package on the porch. And mm -hmm. that's that was only because of all the refund fraud that was going on at that point in time. And back then it only hit Amazon, but today it hits really every single merchant that's out there that can be hit with it. Over time, though, because of the way the companies were trying to defeat that fraud that did not arrive excuse, the different ways that the fraud was committed changed. And one of the ways it changed is that fraudsters would claim, well, yeah, I got the box, but the item was not in the box. Yeah, the retail box is here, or they would order a few different items, and the most expensive item would not be in the box. And that, mm -hmm. that excuse tends to work today as well. There's a new technique that comes out, though, and it's called FTID, fake tracking identity. And what that is, is I can manipulate the return shipping label. And this is what I think was going to happen with you. The guy wanted to return the item. And I really think that at that point, he was thinking that you were going to accept the return. He was going to manipulate the return label to make it look like you received the return, but you never did. And at that point, he could claim, yes, the seller actually absolutely received the watch back. I've got proof that shows that. But what you did was, is you said, hey, I'm not going to accept the return. At that point, what fraudsters do, the only fallback they've got if they really want to keep the item is to do a chargeback. And that's exactly what these forums and, and Telegram channels, they teach at that point. Now, the other thing that's going on these days is we have these things called insiders. There are insiders at uh, DHL, UPS, and FedEx that are paid off, and they're pretty common th these days, especially during Christmas. They're paid off to lose the items so that it looks like it's always consistently in shipping, that it's lost its station, what have you. 
Meanwhile, the buyer gets his item, the seller gets ripped off of money, or the platform itself gets ripped off of money if the platform decides that they're going to actually support the sellers. And, and I'm going to be honest with you, it's not just crypto, it's not just Chrono24 that pulls this. We've seen it happen on uh, Walmart's platform, on Target's platform, on eBay, uh, a, a slew of different uh, sellers that uh, or platforms that allow PayPal transactions. And a matter of fact, we've got a screenshot here that talks about some of the stuff that takes place with these with with this refunded fraud and this here says you know we're selling services for creating shipments according to your labels from amazon and others including labels for returning received from sellers ups usps fedex dhl if you'll scroll on down um brian we'll get to where i'm really interested in going okay right here we go an example of the scope of this service refund amazon and other sites 100 confirmation of payment 100 win and paypal dispute 100 waste of paypal funds cash outflow on pay on eBay and then down here at the bottom we've got your best partner to successfully doing PayPal chargeback flips and Amazon and eBay scams so what's wow. happening is it's it's all organized it's not friendly fraud the idea of it being friendly fraud is just an excuse that that platform in the case, in this case chrono 24 is using in order to say hey because it's friendly fraud you know our system doesn't secure you against that. They know good and well that it's not just friendly fraud. This is organized. And as a matter of fact, I went on Telegram because Telegram is now the Wild West of cybercrime. So so this channel, I have done a search for refunds Rolex. That Those were the key keywords. This channel is RR Activity for Rolls Royce Activity, and they do refunding for whoever may want to do it. So so you take someone that they want to watch, whether it be an AP or a Rolex or maybe the uh, Omega Paris Olympic watch Seamaster that's out. They don't want to pay for it. They want their money back. So you take that um, that Rolex Daytona. Maybe it's going for you know the the white gold. I saw one today for thirty nine k. So they want the watch, but they don't want to spend thirty nine k. But they're not confident enough to fake the tracking label themselves or to claim it didn't arrive or to claim it wasn't in the box or anything else like that. So what you can do is you can go to Telegram, you can find a channel like RR Activity, and you can pay them a percent of the order total to get your money back for you and you get to keep the item. Okay? So they'll do it using an insider, they'll fake tracking information, or as you saw, 4K1, with that excuse, the item is not as pictured, not as described. And there's a very specific reason for that. If you claim that the item is not as described, it sets you up to do a chargeback if you need to, because that not as oh. described, yeah, that not as described is an actual chargeback reason. Okay. That makes sense. I, it sounded very much like a script, you know, right. it is. It absolutely Interesting. is. Okay. So this is just one channel and you see here, you've got, he'll refund you for Home Depot. He'll, uh, they've got skims. Here's uh, William Sonoma that, that you Sam's club. And it, it tells you the dollar amount that you can order. So if you're wanting to defraud Sam's club, it's $5,000 order total, three items, 
is the most you can order. They're going to charge you 25% of whatever the order total is, a minimum of $250, and they guarantee an instant refund. So you get your items in, you pay the 25%, and you immediately, and by immediately, they mean within 24 hours, you get your money back. That's insane. I, I can't believe this is uh, organized, like, you know, you could essentially do this with anything, Ben. Anything. Wow. Anything. So, and, and to give you an idea, let's search for Chrono 24 and see what pops up. AIO Crime Channel. All in one crime, 9,869 members. All right. And right here, we've got somebody that says, Hey, if anyone has refunded Chrono 24 before, message me ASAP. I will pay you for your orders. What's the date on that? I'm curious now. <laughs> the date on this, let's see, is that goes back to 2022. So that was okay. that's the initial that's the initial response. Back in 2022, people are looking for how to do that. So wow. obviously, someone found a way to do that and do that successfully and profitably. And and what happens is someone someone wants a watch. Typically they look for Rolexes, but the thing about Telegram, most fraudsters and here's where you come in. Most fraudsters right now are wanting AP and they all mm -hmm. love Royal Oak. So someone saw that and they're like, hey, I can get me an AP and you mess things up because you said, hey, I'm not going to go with a refund. Well, what these channels teach you is, hey, if, if a seller refuses to refund you, do a chargeback, get uh, the money back. You may lose the chargeback, but what happens is you get the money back and you immediately shut down the account. So if I paid by debit or, or, or something like that, I get the money back, I close the account down, take all of my money out. So that way, if the platform, if they win the charge back, I still get to keep the money and the product at the end of the day. What you're saying is making a lot of sense, especially about the choice of watch. Mine was the, the model number of AP I had. It is the most, um, technically the most affordable Royal Oak. Okay. So the guy guy was probably like, oh, yeah, I want a Royal Oak. Uh, this is the cheapest Royal Oak I can buy um, and get away with it. That's that's absurd. It's a lot of things are clicking into place now. Like the guy never used his name, for example. Right. He used his business address, which right. is a real company, by the way. It's a real company. Um, I won't say where, but sure. it's a real it's a real company. Um, it's a real business with Google reviews and everything. But you know, th this is America. It's pretty easy to find more information. So I found out who he is and all that sure. stuff. Um, and that makes a lot of sense because usually. Um, you wouldn't, I, you, I've dealt on this uh, platform many times and nobody has ever used their company name before. Right. You know, right. especially for an item of that much value or they'll put like their company name care of their own name. Exactly. exactly. Uh, and, and matter of fact, I bought uh, the last watch that I bought from uh, off Chrono. I got the uh, the Grand Seiko, the Godzilla was what oh, I got. Yeah. Uh, it's, That's it's a, a nice beautiful watch. watch. It's a beautiful watch. And uh, it, it, it was a pretty penny, too. And no, I used my real name. I didn't. I've got a company, but I didn't use that because you of don't course. use your company name when you do that. You, right. Yeah. You know? And. That's another thing. It's all linked to his business now. You know, uh, he used his business information, which I don't know that was the smartest idea. But, um, you know, his company is a real company with right. reviews that offers a real service. Um, that That's the surprising part to me that 
uh, I, I seem like it seems like this guy was kind of new to it. I think his, he was. He was. And which is which is also why he made the fatal flaw of listing it himself uh, right, right. in the middle of the chargeback. Right. You, and, and here's the thing. You're taught these channels tell you not to do that. So if mm-hmm. you're defrauding Amazon or, or, or Apple, if you get that Apple or Samsung product in, you're not supposed to open it. You're not supposed to use it until everything is finished. You're not supposed to try to resell it until that transaction is complete all the way. Mm-hmm. This guy, I guess because he was, you know, it's, it's a $20,000 watch. He's sitting there going, hey, I need to sell this thing now. That way I can make the money back and I can continue to bankroll more and more fraud as it goes along is exactly what he's thinking. So he went against what they teach on these Telegram channels. He absolutely did. My thing, what what really surprises me more than anything is that you said it at the beginning when, when we started to talk. Chrono 24 positions itself as a secure site for buyers and sellers. That's exactly mm-hmm. the reason that I use it is, is, you know, they've got the escrow there. You're, you're taught that, hey, the watch is going to arrive and you're guaranteed as a buyer, you're guaranteed that it's going to be in the type of condition that it's being sold as. And as a seller, you're guaranteed that, hey, because it's escrow, we've got your back and your story absolutely 100 percent proves that no they don't have your back they've got their back right um it's a shame really because if you want to watch that you know as as you know you can't just go into the ad and buy most watches these days so if you want to watch people will either go to corona 24 or ebay or something um and you know this sort of really shook me up a little like if I'm going to sell a watch now, uh, and I, I don't do it very frequently, you know, only when I need to. Sure. Uh, and if I was to do it now, I would just sell it direct to a dealer. I would take the hit. I would sell it direct to a dealer. They're not going to give you as much money, but you're going to get wired immediately. There's right. not going to be any of this funny business. Um, it's, you know, also, I, I'm not sure if you read the comments, uh, on the post, uh, did you read the story that one of the commenters posted about how he had a similar experience with Corona 24? I did. Uh, that was, uh, along the lines of this, they sent back a rock in the right. box right. and they and said that's that he did that too. As, as long as the weight is there, you can send back whatever you want to. And then you, 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 you dispute it from there. And as you pointed out, companies like Amex, they tend to favor, the buyer, not the mm-hmm. seller. Certainly that's taught with PayPal. PayPal always favors the buyer. So mm-hmm. we, and, and this year, to give you an idea, uh, I am a former felon. I was a guy that was a cyber criminal. And, and today I work mm-hmm. in cybersecurity. I, I, I really work hard to try to protect individuals and cons- and businesses from that type of person that I used to be. Um, I've, I've worked this year to, to I, I've assisted in the arrest of over 300 of these refund fraudsters. 300. But you've got to consider that we're talking about millions of cyber criminals across the planet. So it's not it sounds like a lot of people, Mm -hmm. but it's not. Uh, And they're taught uh, some of the cases that we worked with. One guy was sending back plastic frogs instead of those electronics that he had stolen. That's what (laughs) he was sending. But the weight was right. So uh, this this is some of the things that they're taught. Um, You know, I wanted to bring you on. Because there are a lot of sellers on Chrono 24. There are a lot mm-hmm. of buyers there, but there's a lot of sellers there. And, and if you think that you're protected, 
you're not protected. You're not. The, that buyer, depending on the payment instrument that's being used, that buyer can absolutely, if he wants to commit fraud against you, can absolutely institute, at the end of the day, can institute, if he's not able to do refunding fraud, he can do a chargeback. Right. Keep the watch, get his money back at the same time. And that is a horrible, nightmarish type scenario that pops up, especially when you've got a platform that is not supporting you as a seller. And that's an inherent flaw in their whole secure escrow. They market it as secure escrow. Right. But what's the purpose of an escrow if someone can just pull out of it? Isn't that the whole point of an escrow? Exactly. Like, I, I posed that question to them and they didn't have an answer. I mean, if, if you're going to take secure escrow, you should require either debit, ACH wire or a check, something right. like that. And, and that really is what needs to happen. We need Chrono 24. Right now, that escrow is is simply a marketing tool. That's the only yeah. thing it is. If they want to be serious about it, it should be up to the seller to decide how that escrow is funded. And the seller should always choose ACH or mm -hmm. debit is what right. that seller should choose. That's what I would have done had I the choice. Uh, right. You know, I. That's why um, there's a lot of watch trading groups on Facebook mm -hmm. uh, of like dealers who who buy and sell or individuals, and they all require wire only. Right. You know, they're they're the terms are you can like the the money is a lot like they're a lot sorry they're a lot cheaper than on Corona Twenty Four or other places, but it's always wire only. Right. Uh, because that is the most secure and safest for the seller. It absolutely is. Right. And if, you know, they do any uh, shenanigans with the wire, that's now wire fraud, right. which is, uh, you know, a whole nother story. <laughs> exactly. And, you know, Chrono 24, uh, you know, they, they I, I don't believe they don't have the ability to compare pictures. I, I, I absolutely think they do. And I've done cybersecurity for a while now. I absolutely think they do. I know that they can compare devices. They can compare uh, IP ranges coming in, uh, browser fingerprints. They can look at the uh, the biometrics, the behavioral biometrics of the users. So they know that this person was active, was trying to resell the watch, everything else. The problem was is that they decided not to look at those things. That's right. the issue. Um, for, for sellers out there, what advice after your experience, what advice would you give potential sellers or active sellers that are on Chrono 24 right now? I would say um, try to uh, see if there's a way, if you can ask that uh, support, like you said, if you can guarantee wire only. I know dealers, uh, there's an option there that you can uh, make it so that rather than using the escrow system, you can pay by wire. Right. So I would, I would recommend that people do that. I fell for the marketing, you know, I thought, oh, secure escrow. In theory, it sounds great. Right. I would suggest not to do that. Um, secondly, I, one thing that really saved me is I took all the screenshots. In the end, uh, Corner 24 still had it on their record on their side. But if they really don't want to help you, they can just say they don't have a record of it. Right. You know, so I, I took all the screenshots um, of everything. And I also even took a photo of the watch as I packed it up to ship it. Uh, just because I'm a bit paranoid like that. Uh, I, I can see that, that, I don't know that that would have helped in the end. You know, they could have just said, I could have just taken it out of the box and shipped something else. But I just like to uh, dot my I's and cross my T's. I, I would say um, just act as if you, you're going to get scammed. You know, act with as much caution as you can, especially when you're selling a, a high dollar item. And I, like I said, I've sold a few times on Corona 24 before uh, with similar uh, similar scale too. And right. both times worked fine. 
but I also exercised diligence. You know, I ex- I sort of went through the guy's account, went through his messages. Did anything feel right? Did anything feel wrong? In this case, the questions he asked me about the bracelet and all that at the beginning, it all looked legit. You know, the guy did seemingly have like all these questions They he did seemingly like they were all they made sense, you know, okay, where do I get more links? Where do I, um, you know, how do I do this? And I answered everything. So it seemed like a legitimate customer. It really did. He negotiated with me on the price, too. Uh, which is funny because when he relisted it, he added a thousand dollars to the price. So not only was he trying to scam me, he was also trying to turn a profit. So. Well, and and I, I want you to understand that uh, the the bargaining, the questions, what that's meant from a criminal, and I used to be one. What 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 you're doing there as a criminal is you're layering trust with that potential victim. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm doing. I'm trying to make you think that everything is legitimate across the board. That right. way, when it comes time to defraud you, it becomes much more difficult for you to to fight that. You're building um, a sort of uh, air of legitimacy. That's like, it. Oh, that's it. I'm an actual customer. I'm curious about your product. Um, yeah, I also the, the other thing that bothered me is that they told me from the beginning that, OK, yeah, it seems like this guy's acting in bad faith, whether that or not, or even if he just had buyer's remorse, that's right. still against their policy. So right. they told me they would take action against his account. And here I was two months later finding his account list the watch. Well, they so, don't want to lose twenty thousand dollars. Right. Yeah. Which, which also like, you know, I get it. $20,000 for them is a lot of money, but right. they are the most heavily transacted upon watch site in the world. Pe- Absolutely. People sell watches there that are in the millions, hundreds of thousands. Right. You know, if that had happened to somebody like that, like selling a uh, item that expensive, I, would, I don't even want to imagine. Right. You know, I, you know, I'm privileged to say that as, as $20,000 was very difficult, you know, but, uh, in the end, I could have found a way to pick myself up. I can't imagine if I was selling something that was worth 120,000, 115,000, something like that, my entire life savings, imagine. Right. Um, and you could very well lose it all. Like the guy in the comments of, of, of my post, he lost it all. He he lost the watch and the money. Right. So, And that that is the goal from a criminal side. When you're looking at these Telegram channels, that is the goal in order to, you wanna keep the product and you want your money back. And I've gotta be honest with you, they don't give a damn about the victim. They don't. it's sad to hear that. I mean, like at the end of the day, we are real people out here. Right. You know, we're, and you shouldn't defraud anybody, of course, but when you're doing this, it's not a victimless crime. Right. Uh, some people seem to act like it is. Oh, you know, I just got a refund. I just somebody's going to have to pick up the check at the end of the day. And in this case, it was almost me. It was. Uh, I mean, so, and, and that's a lot of money. It's a lot of money. Is there anything that uh, that you want to ask me about the way this crime is committed or anything like that or not? Yeah, I, I was wondering, like, how how long has this existed? This organized you mentioned since. Um, you know, 2013 is when it started with Amazon. But with these Telegram channels, like, how long has this existed? Like, how, how many people know about it? I didn't realize this was such a commonplace thing. Sure. So so the, the fraud itself started to pop up around 2013. Um, Telegram, as a fraud channel or a platform, really started to come into play after. Um, so, so what happens is, is 2017, Alphabay was the largest criminal marketplace at that point in time. Law enforcement shuts it down. 
law enforcement also shut down another marketplace called Hansa Market at the same time. That mm-hmm. caused such paranoia on the traditional dark web that criminals started to look at other platforms. They, they actually started to move to, to, uh, to Reddit at that point in time. And you have a, lo- a lot of fraud channels or subreddits taking place. Uh, Reddit let it happen. Because it was a very good honeypot for law enforcement. And they let, uh, okay. it, they let it go for about six months. Then they started to shut everything down. What happens at that point is back on the traditional dark web, which you, you, you have to use the Tor browser to access, we had Dread pop up, which is now the Reddit of the dark web. But a lot of the criminals that were, t- that were out there, they started to look at smaller, smaller and smaller, smaller encrypted messaging channels like Wicker, Signal, mm-hmm. uh, WhatsApp, places like that. Along 2018, 2019, Telegram pops up and Telegram is as I don't know if you use Telegram or not, but it's encrypted end to end. It's owned by a Russian, which the Russian does not answer any request for law enforcement at all. And at the same time, it's very easy to use. So if you use Tor, for example, you don't have a search engine. You, You have to know where you're going. If you're a criminal, you have to configure it properly or you're going to be identified and go to prison. At the same time, you've got criminals that are trying to defraud each other on the dark web. Telegram doesn't have any of that friction available. So okay. it's, it's very user-friendly. It is encrypted end-to-end. It has a keyword, for, uh, it has a keyword f- search function, as you saw me using just a few minutes ago. And because of that, now Telegram is the place for cybercrime. Um, you've got, I showed you one channel. You've got hundreds, and I wow. mean hundreds, of refund channels with thousands upon, tens of thousands of members there. Uh, the, the R&R channel that I showed has over 14,000 users. 14,000 wow. for just one refunding service. And there, there are tons of them that are out there. Uh, what happens is, is you find... Uh, a lot of them use the exact same stores, you know, at Chrono 24, um, uh, I forgot some of the other ones, uh, Sam's Club, Costco, Apple, um, Williams-Sonoma, Love Sack. I mean, whatever you want, whatever product mm-hmm. that you want, they can get it for you at, you know, 10, it's usually 10 to 15% of the retail price, depending on on the amount or the store. Like, for example, um, someone advertised yesterday they had access to an insider that worked at Best Buy. And okay. the dollar amount was unlimited. So you could order any number of items and any dollar amount and 40% of, they would charge you 40% of whatever the order total was and you would get an instant refund. Within 24 hours, you'd get your money back and get to keep the items. That kind of wow. stuff is common. And because of that, it's it's really destroying a lot of merchants and retailers like I work with a lot of uh, camera merchants, for example, mm-hmm. camera merchants operate on a two percent margin. So you can imagine what that type of fraud would do to a, to a mom and pop business that right. operates on a two percent profit margin. It would absolutely destroy. That's it. horrible. And, but you're seeing the same thing. You know, you, you've put out twenty thousand dollars and you're trying to get the, get that money back. And all of a sudden it's locked up for months as the mm-hmm. platform doesn't support you. And that's that's a very common occurrence. We see it. It's it's eating uh, people who use or sell using PayPal, for example. PayPal always uh, goes on the side of the buyer. 
right. Always. So what can happen is, is you, you get one of these refund fraudsters. They set up a PayPal account. PayPal, they pay through PayPal, they get the item in, then they, then they claim it didn't show up. PayPal almost always, 90% plus of the time, they will err on the side of the buyer, give the buyer the money back, screw over the seller. That's, that's very common. Let me ask you this. Let's imagine an alternate history sure. if, where um, I lost the watch and I did lose the dispute. Right. Um, would I have any recourse at all via legal means or, or anything to get my money back? None. None. You, you wow. talked about taking them and suing them in court. The problem is, is that, yes, when these fraudsters start out, they use their real name. But right. as they get better at it, they don't. They use this thing, these things called synthetic profiles. So you're creating an artificial person in order to commit this fraud. So wow. who are you going to sue? Nobody. Because there's you can't find the person to sue anymore. Right. Okay. I guess I was lucky this guy was at the beginning and hopefully the end of his scamming career. You're, you're because- very lucky. I'm going to tell you at the end, probably not. He, he right. found out because he found out that, hey, this works. I just need to, to to be better at it next time. So what happens to him now that um, Amex has they you know, Amex did not rule in his favor. They right. do they take any action against him when I'm glad is- you asked that. So doing chargebacks, how many chargebacks do you think it takes for a bank, a credit card issuer to actually look at that account and see that there's a problem? You would think that, hey, eight, nine no, typically it's somewhere in the 80s to 90s. 80s to 90s? On a yearly basis. Wow. That's the That's issue. Absurd. It does, absurd. They, don't, they don't take into account the dollar value? No, no. That is ridiculous. So you could do a chargeback, uh, hypothetically, three times a year on a forty dollars to $50,000 purchase if you had a big enough credit limit, and um, they wouldn't think that was strange? And not raise any flags. That's right. ins- that's insane. Right. That's the issue. Wow. I was hoping at least, you know, that there would be some some blowback on him for for doing this, but I guess not. not. I guess I guess he's just going to get better at it and try again. Right. Now, and, and you know, Amex he lost the chargeback, maybe that causes them to to look at it at that point, maybe not, but if he's got an Amex card, he's probably got a Discover card. That's he, an easy card to get. He's probably got some Capital 1 Visa or Mastercards sitting around right. places like that. So he just goes right down the list and continues these types of fraud, whether it be Chrono 24, Apple Store, what have you at that point. Absolutely. I'll admit you'll you'll you and your uh, your listeners will appreciate this. I, I was a bit exceptionally uh, weary about this because I was in the process of taking my security <laughs> plus exam at the same time. OK, OK. So uh, I, I had just learned about fraud and cybercrime for, for months. I just took the exam in July. I passed it. Now I'm, I'm glad you plus. passed it, man. That was a hard exam, but well, look, it, I uh, since since you're since you're going through the security track, I am on LinkedIn. Look mm-hmm. me up, Brett Johnson, and I, I go. You can look Brett Johnson cybercrime. I talk about this bullshit all the time. All right, uh, I'm I'm adamant about trying to protect businesses and consumers, and that's why I wanted you to come on the show to give your personal story about what happened because I think it's important. It's important that people understand that escrow does not always mean that you're protected. Absolutely not. Hey, I appreciate it. I'll definitely look you up on LinkedIn. I'm, okay. I'm happy I was able to be here and, no, and absolutely reach story. out to me and I will I will continue to assist you in any possible way that I can. Thank you so much for coming on the show. I truly do do appreciate it. Sounds good. Appreciate being here. Uh, best of luck. Stay safe out there. You too. Bye. 
All right, so I want to thank again Reddit user 4K1 for coming on and sharing his his story. As you can see, this this kind of fraud it just doesn't hit platforms and businesses. It hits individuals, and that's where it really matters. That's what that's what causes a lot of damage that's out there. Not only that, but it really causes a lot of distrust on the platform. If you can't trust these websites you're going and buying or selling from, what happens at the end of the day? You don't use them, and everything starts to collapse over time. Take that in mind. Be aware this holiday season. We've got a lot of fraud that's out there. This is just one type of fraud that's that's occurring right now. I'm going to continue to talk about holiday season fraud on a, on probably the next episode that airs as well. That being said, we're going to close things out. How do we close it out? The same way every single time. And this show should illustrate that. Stay safe out there. Stay secure. Stay vigilant. More importantly, this is Criminal Thoughts. At the end of the day, just do the right damn thing. I'm Brett Johnson. Thank you so much for listening. Stay safe out there.